Hello Property Jammers and welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Now, this is a bit of a throwback all the way to the dark ages of June 2020 when we had a jam with the one and only Sam Norris from the Game of Loans podcast, Mortgage Broker to the Stars. So yeah, we wanted to do a throwback to his episode because we're actually going to get Sam back on. Why? Because with all the madness out there in the world with base rates and inflation, yeah, like the mortgage market's gone nuts. So we want to hear what he has to say about that. So next week's episode, Mr. Sam Norris will be coming on to give us an update. And we thought by hearing just how far we've come over the last two years would be a really nice measuring stick. So go back, listen, enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we've got a special treat for you today. In this episode, it's actually a joint episode with the Game of Loans podcast. And we have the man himself, Mr. Sam Norris. So Sam, welcome to Property Jam. And you're probably going to want to welcome us onto Game of Loans as well. Yeah, well, well, welcome to the Game of Loans podcast, guys. You, you've just done my job for me. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you can have our music as well if you, if you really want. Oh, I'll be, I'll be overjoyed. We do a remix. Yeah, absolutely. So do you a job, mate. (laughs) (laughs) So so Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself? We'll start by interviewing you and then you can interview interview us a little bit later if you want to. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, my name's Sam. I've um, I've had the unfortunate um, task of being a mortgage broker for 13 years now, dealing with with property investors um, and developers predominantly. Um, I've done a bit of developing myself. My dad's a builder. Uh, We're originally from North London, which is why I have this wonderful accent. Um, but recently moved it's up a good to the West to Midlands. Have. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah, recently moved up to the West Midlands because that's where my uh, my wife's from. And now I call everyone Bab. So uh, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Isn't that what you call a yeah a sandwich or a, or a roll? No, that's a, cob. That, that's, that's a cob. That's a cob. Oh, it's a cob. And the other one, this was this was a real strange one. Was a forward roll is a gamble. A what? What is yeah? What is that? A gamble. A gamble. Yeah, so you might, need to, you might need to demonstrate that. I, I, I'm not sure that I have the physical fitness to achieve uh, such a task at the moment, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bab thing, that's, um, you're right, Bab. You're right, Bab. Yeah. yeah, how are you? Yeah. You're right there, Bab. Oh, see, it sounds better with the accent. I, I yeah, couldn't, you need the accent. I yeah, I couldn't make it out yeah. before that. Yeah. It became, it was started off as a bit of a joke. I've been with my, my wife for five years, and it started off like a bit of a joke. But it's now become so normal that I've been known to call my clients Bab. I've called bosses in the past Bab. Um, yeah, lenders. I call lenders Bab all the time. Do you know, yeah. that's going to guarantee your mortgage if you call your lender a Bab, right? A- absolutely, yeah. Although it's quite funny. My, um, it, it's not actually as well used here as, as, it, as people think that it is. To the extent where my, my father-in-law used to work for Jaguar Land Rover, which is big in this area. And after about three or four years of working there, um, he wasn't very well, so somebody had to call his wife, my mother-in-law, 
to let him know, let her know that his husband wasn't very well and probably need to call an ambulance and all that sort of stuff. And oh, uh, they called they called her Barbara because they thought that her name was Barbara because he kept <laughs> oh, saying, "All right, Bab." on the phone whenever he was calling her. <laughs> oh God, that's classic. I love it so much. Oh, okay. Who's Barbara? Who's Caesar's Barbara person? Is he, is he having an affair? You know. <laughs> Call the it wrong wife. <laughs> it all comes out when they get sick, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> Can I just say, I wasn't expecting our collab to start off with this. This is, this is brilliant. This is great. This is, my, I'm enjoying my, this. My podcast is tangent central. I have a really rough idea of where I want it to go, and it usually goes in a completely different direction. It seems to be working so far. So it's okay. yeah, it's the same with us, mate. Human side of property can take you down all sorts of alleyways. You had no exactly. idea how you got there. Yeah, even one's called Bab. <laughs> Bab Ali. <laughs> well, I suppose we should ask you the uh, the big question. Are you ready? I hope you've. I hope you're in the zone for the question. This is your moment, Sam. Okay, okay so we're going to ask breath. you. It was a big breath. Okay, we're going to ask you, what does the human side of property mean to Sam Norris? Discuss. It, for me, and this has been, and I've lost clients because of this, and I've gained clients because of this, it is just literally being my very weird self in every conversation that I have. I do videos on YouTube in Metallica t-shirts when I'm a mortgage broker, and I should, of course, be wearing a shirt, suit and tie every single where I go. Um Shirt and tie, shirt and tie, you know, shoot and tie, shoot and tie. That's just the style of tie. Um, but and and for me, the human side is literally that. It's just being an actual human being rather than you know, for me, potentially being a human calculator on the end of a phone line. And like I said, some clients don't really like that. They find me to be a bit too friendly. But the ones that the ones that um, the ones that, that don't. What I work with and the relationship's better as a result of it. So not friendly in that regard, obviously. You know, <laughs> I'm not some sort of weird psychopath. But, um, well, I but, don't yeah. know, because you started this conversation by showing us your creepy cat tower in the background. And now yeah. I've got images it's... of you like stroking your clients, calling them back. Far too like... friendly. Far, yeah. far too friendly. Yeah, I don't, yeah, don't have any, any cats at all. Just just a creepy massive cat tower. Um, no, no wife, I just moved up here on my own to get away from things. <laughs> Did you try calling people babs and thought, ah, oh, better move where they call people babs yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you found me out guys that didn't take long you're quite good detectives you know <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I like that i like that though because you're just being yourself yeah when have, when have you ever seen richard branson wearing a, sh- a, sh- a shoot and tie, yeah, shoot and tie. <laughs> I, I mean i think if he did wear a, t- a shoot and tie it would be a shoot and tie it would um, be a shoot and tie yeah. because it would be, be a galactic shoot and tie it would be a yeah, um, rooted you, shoot and tie you know, I um, my 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 mum used to work for a company where she was quite the, the boss is there. She was like a career person where she was there as a tea girl all the way up to basically being the PA to the to the CEO. And um, and he's a multimillionaire, really good friends with Sting and all that sort. Of, like he's he's a cool dude. And I remember as a kid going along um, after school to meet my mum from work, and she was going to drive me home. Going upstairs, and Colin, who's the the, the boss, was in the boardroom, and and uh, and he said, "Oh." My mum said, oh, Colin said to go up and say hello when you get here. So I went up, knocked on the boardroom door, opened the door. The boardroom's full of all these execs with suits and shooting ties on. And he was literally sitting there in a long sleeve black T-shirt and a pair of jeans. And I asked him about it afterwards. And he just said, if you're good at what you do, does it really matter what you're wearing? You know, this is me. I'm chilled out. I'm myself. And I did think to myself, well, you're in charge, so you can kind of wear what you want. But 
that I, that sort of that was when it first started in my head that just be yourself you know if yeah. you try and be somebody else then ultimately the relationship that you're trying to build is that person believing that they're building a relationship with somebody else that they're not absolutely you get found out don't you it's like you're going to shoot yourself in your own foot yeah Completely. oh my god I've just had a flashback I haven't thought about this in years I used to uh -oh. work in the university sector and I remember being at this really important annual meeting and every single amazing guru, like every sort of senior professor from across the globe had flown in for this one meeting from agriculture and health. And they're all sat around this one table and they all went round and introduced themselves and they got to me. And I was just like the administrator sitting there taking the notes of the meeting. And I went into this life story. Like I went into, you know, when you start and you're just going in deeper and deeper and deeper, I was going on about my dad being a London cab driver and how I'd gone through different jobs in my career. And, you know, how I was really like, I'd, I'd half done a PhD and all this. And you could see every single person around the table, their jaw was just getting progressively lower and lower and lower. Like, who is this chick and what's she banging on about? But do you know what? When it came to the lunch buffet, they all wanted to talk to me. They didn't want to talk about health and agriculture because they were interested in my life. They wanted the Joe show. <laughs> they wanted the Joe show. Oh, God, I cringe when I think back on it. Thanks, Sam. You just reminded me of that. <laughs> no problem. Here to help. <laughs> so you must have seen it all come on when it comes to nutters at the end of the phone and mortgages and loans and stuff. The, the thing that gets me, and I suppose I shouldn't be surprised after all these years of doing it, is the amount of people that, well, are quite naive, I think, to what they can and can't, can't, uh, cannot do, but also the people that are still trying to get away with things that they shouldn't do as well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not just because we're being recorded that I say this, I say it to their face. Anyone that's trying to do something dodgy, they're gone, it's not worth my job. You know, I can, yeah. I can lose my ability to actually give advice by helping just one person do something very, very silly. So it just shocks me what people think that they can get away with and think they do. And the, the one, the big one recently is always the, um, oh, Sam, I, I, I'm, I'm going to follow, you know, the standard uh, buy, refurbish, refinance model, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to use a mortgage uh, and then, and then, you know, one with no early repayment charges to buy it. And then, and then we'll just refinance down the line. Um, I'm like, no, it's, that, that isn't how you do it. Um, you know, you're, you're going against the, 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 the you know, the, the agreement that you went into with this mortgage lender. And I always say to them, I've got clients that have some of them hundreds of properties and they use, they do buy refurbished refinance, they use bridging finance. So what do you know as a, as a first time investor that they don't? Because it, please tell me, because I need to tell them all. Um, yeah, you're missing a trick somewhere. They're, they're obviously missing a trick. <laughs> they're multi-millionaires, but you know you've stumbled across something miraculous. Um, but it's that, that that's what that's what I always get is uh, it's just the, the the ability of of some investors just to, to completely not understand you know what, what they're trying to do and then not make and then not take the advice as well, which is probably one of the most frustrating parts of my job. Well, they go somewhere else at that point, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, quite possibly. But I'm okay with that, actually. Um, I feel like I've been doing this long enough that I'm in quite a fortuitous position where I can work with people, like we were saying before, that actually like working with me and I like working with them and we can have a bit of a laugh. You know, I've just got off the phone to a client just before we started recording this who said, um, oh, I can't wait for lockdown to be over so I can buy you a pint, Sam. That's that's the relationship that I want, um, you know, not, not the, not the alternative. So yeah, if, if it doesn't work, it's not something that I tend to lose sleep about. I like to be, work with people that I can work with, not people that are going to be fighting against me all the time. Yeah. 
Do you feel like sometimes you get shot as the messenger? Because really, you are the go-between between the client and the lender. Do you often get that whole kind of like, well, what do you mean? Can't you just sort me out the mortgage I'm after because it suits me? And then they end up having a go at you when it's actually the lender's terms and conditions, right? Like you're like, I'm just telling you what they say. Like, don't shoot me. <laughs> do you know, one of my clients said to me literally last week, they said, Sam, I don't think you could lie if you wanted to. Um, because I am I'm honest to a point with my clients to, to a fault. Um, <clears throat> and that actually really does stand me in good stead with that because you're right us brokers we are the messengers a lot of the time and and the way that i say it is at the beginning of a transaction yeah our our job is to find you the best finance whether that's a bridging loan whether that's a commercial mortgage whether it's a standard mortgage whatever it is but we then take on the role of project manager um throughout that transaction and we're putting the strings so you know chances are if there's good news it's going to come from us if it's bad news it's going to come from us the, the trick is that it comes from us in a really quick you know fashion and the communication lines are always open and and yeah you know i'm i'm all the time it's like oh for god's sake you know this is taking so long um well mr client the reason it's taking so long is because i asked you for a document three months ago and you haven't given it to me yet whose fault is that um <laughs> you know so I, I don't necessarily say those exact words to a client but um, oh, i'd uh, love it if you did so much i did have a client recently who um i had to so what i did was they couldn't figure out how to get their um their tax calculation from the hmrc uh thing so i recorded them a video on zoom where i shared my screen and showed them how to do it um but that took them three it took us three weeks back and forth getting to that point um and i was getting their agent sending me messages you know why is this taking so long and I mean, look, I protected my client in that instance. And I just said, oh, the lenders has taken a while. You know, we've got issues, people being furloughed, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the reality is just my client couldn't figure out how to get the the the, uh, the document that we needed. Uh, and that was that. But these are the weird things that you just got to put up with as a broker. You just got to figure out ways around it. It seems like you need like a toolkit. So this is how to do this. This is how to do that. And you've already created it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, at least I can show that to the next person uh, next next time I do it. But I tend to do that that sort of stuff all the time. And I think as you as you you accumulate clients and, and experiences and, and various different types of things that you do, um, you can create things to send to clients to make life easier. You know, I have a document, a PDF that I send to clients, which is that this is an intro into you know this type of finance these are the kinds of things that we need to be aware of and these are the kind of documents that we need to prepare but i wouldn't know that that was a good thing to have until a i you know i had to do that for a client once because they really weren't getting it so i just put that together because i thought it was helpful they said it was great and i thought ah, i can send this out to everyone now so you know it's a work in progress and you just you just keep uh, keep trying new things out and and creating new things to, to help clients out with oh you're a lovely broker you're a good broker <laughs> oh, I, I, I try i try um I, so I, <laughs> your tagline should be the the friendly broker uh, <laughs> well another another broker who i think you know um his his tagline for me is the broker with the hair he's actually looking relatively chilled today um sometimes it's you know it's, it's up like sort of uh, what was his name Johnny Bravo back in the day <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, yeah. now you're going back in time and we all remember awesome. it yeah oh, age you did actually apologize for your hair the moment you got on the podcast <laughs> I know I, I, it's um so this is quite funny actually so the other day um my uh I was sitting with me and my wife sitting in bed and I just said I just I just 
random thought come into my head and I just went do you know what I think I might just shave shave my hair off and do one of those kind of you know lockdown haircuts yeah she to say she went ballistic is one of the biggest understatements ever I mean we were still chatting about it about 40 minutes later <laughs> basically that's a whole episode of property jam oh, yeah. in and of itself in and of itself and I nice thank you Joe the, the the d word was mentioned you know, oh. you know I, I was like, but I looked at her like, "Are you joking?" It's just, she, she, she wasn't. Wow. <laughs> so, so well, you know she married. Don't have it. Yeah, you know what she married you for? Yeah, the hair. It was all the, the hair, mate. The hair and the cat tower. It's a good job you've got. It's a good job you've got quite a, a good strong head of hair then that you're not going to end up going bald because if you go bald later in life then That's you it. know I don't want to be I the one that. to break it to you but <laughs> oh she'll be off yeah absolutely I, yeah I'm I'm comfortable with that I want what's best for her you know I love she'll it. be off yeah, to find yeah. the, ne- the next best mullet in town yeah absolutely it's Make starting to get breaker. that way oh, Look at that. I it's, can see. it's coming yeah. out the back. Got a little yeah. DA going on at the back. Yeah, I know. I'm, sh- I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm running out of ideas. I'm not sure how to tame it, and especially with this heat. It's. Um, yeah, it's, it's not. Not great. Put a head. Put a headset on. It's worked wonders for me. Yeah, I, I normally those, look. Uh, I normally look like Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have the hat. Oh, oh see. quite well. Yeah, keeps the bald spot in in check. Yeah. I might nice. go for the, like the rude boy look and get a snapback or whatever they call them. Yeah, oh yeah, do that. There you go. Well, you got a little headband here because this is oh. this hides a multitude of sins as well. Because I couldn't yeah. bother to blow dry my fringe this morning. Slick it back with a band. No dramas. Done. Perfect. I would. Yeah. I'm going to end up looking like this though, Sam. By the end of lockdown, you wait, mate. This is what this is the That's future the, right here. When, when 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 Emily and I got married, um, my my <gasps> hair was that long. You should. Uh, really? No wonder she doesn't want you to get rid of it then. Wow. Yeah. She likes hair, doesn't she? Oh, she she loves it, and you know the the, the thought the thought of me shaving my beard off. <laughs> Uh, she, <laughs> I mean, had that conversation as well. Did not go well. So, um, yeah, this is me. So, so you're just going to become uh, hairier and hairier, basically. Basically, I'm going to look like Robin Williams when he came out of the jungle in Jumanji. That's that's the that's the look I'm going for. Do it. Oh, that's a good look. That's amazing. Great. amazing. Yeah, one of his better ones. <laughs> Are you loyal to a hairdresser like Niall is? Because half of Niall's um, reason for not cutting his hair is because he literally can't cheat on his hairdresser or his barber. Are you the same? No, but you're about to open another can of worms. Here we go. So I have a weird phobia of getting my hair cut. Um, No. Is there there a name for that? I bet you there is. I was literally going to Google, but carry on. I wasn't, I I wouldn't, I I don't think it reaches the point of being a genuine phobia, but I put off getting my hair cut. You know, I'll find any excuse not to get my hair cut. And to the point where for years and years and years, um, I went to my mum's hairdresser. (laughs) So, So So literally up until about, I would probably talking like five years ago. So until you moved to the Midlands. Now. No, I only moved to the Midlands in October. But this was <laughs> this was one of the stresses of doing that. Like, oh my god, I've got to find a new person to to cut my hair. And it was quite a, a, a there was a lot of research that went involved. Um, I downloaded an app that they gave reviews and everything. And I picked out this Turkish barbers near me, and I turned up and I was. I have to go. I have to go like really early in the morning so that I prefer to be the only person there if I can. It's a little bit like going to the gym early when like no one else is there. That's yeah, that's got it. Totally get yeah. you. Yeah. So I got there, um, and I'm a bit of a geek. So I turned up, sat in the chair. Behind me was a graffiti sort of memorial of the Avengers, and I was like, "Yeah, this it's is a sign. This is, 
this is the barbers for me. And yeah. then I'm also a, a massive rugby nut. And the TV was playing rugby highlights. And I was like, this is a wow. sign. And I haven't moved since. I've been, been to him three times, which is, which is pretty amazing. And pretty much before lockdown, month on month as well. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good Well, I, I've uh, done, done the research and you have tonsiophobia. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Tonsiophobia. 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 T-O-N-S-U-R-E. Yeah, tonsiophobia. Tonsiophobia. There we go. But 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 my new mate Cos has has sorted me out, so I don't fear going there anymore. Um, because he does a really good job usually. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to tell because of the state of this barnet at the moment, which is ironically where I'm from originally. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, So, uh, segue, segue. Social media campaign in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the broker from Barnet who hates getting his Barnet cut. That's that's me. The broker and his Barnet, yeah. Yeah. And I support Barnet Football Club. That's the team that I support as well. There you go. So, so it's all connected. It's all about the hair. I wasn't expecting this podcast to be about bab and hair. I'll be honest, ne- ne- neither was I, but, but here we are. But <laughs> here you we are. Don't, our, our podcast sessions tend to go where we don't expect them to go nine times out of ten anyway. So As long as yeah, it's irrelevant, it's absolutely fine. Completely irrelevant, exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> as, long as, as long as it's entertaining and people get something out of it, that's the main, absolutely, main thing. Absolutely, especially sure. during this difficult time. And also yeah. people are going to be really empathising with your hair situation. So I think, you know, round of applause for your honesty loved it thank you that that really does mean a lot so thank you guys <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome you. you're very welcome we got your back we got your back and um so some, well, someone's got to be sensible to bring us back to uh, why oh, we're for here God's sake. yes okay fair enough um, but uh, yeah w- whenever our guests come on uh we ask them to prepare a question for us um so it's actually quite a good opportunity to turn the tables um mm-hmm. and maybe go game of loans yeah, I, you know, I, I always have loads that sort of pop up into into my head. But the one, this might be a bore, boring one, but it's genuinely the one that I, I get, I, I like to ask my clients, um, which is what got you into property in the first place? What was that thing that went, that's that's for me, that's what I, I need to be doing. So I'd love to hear what you guys are going to say say about that, because this is what I ask all my clients. We've got an episode on that. Yeah. yeah. Go back and listen to episode. Go back. Uh, okay. uh, two <laughs> or three. Listen to this. Uh, please go back and listen to it. So. <laughs> but in Pracy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I love it. That's okay. It's a good question. It's a good question. It saves going into the archives. Hmm. It does, which we're going to do shortly anyway. Uh, at least, at least uh, we've not done what Susanna Cole did and break into a sweat when we went to uh, episode roulette and we thought it was, she was going to be tested on the content of every single, all 35 episodes uh, prior <laughs> to hers. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I might just break into sweat because this room's so blooming hot, but um, oh, hopefully we no, sweaty and hairy. Actually, this is not I've got, good. I've got, I've got my little fan going on here, keeping me cool. Just oh, wait until uh, smellovision becomes the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, we don't want that. Just, just, we're just, we're just ears only for this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Why don't we go, ladies, first? Joe, what, uh, what got you into property? Oh, okay. Oh, no, um, no, what was the question? It wasn't quite that, was it? It was, it was. What, what? Okay, we can, we can make mix up a little bit. So, what? Okay. Can you remember the moment that you realised that property was, was, was going to become? Oh, that's easy. 
Oh, that's easy. The moment I realised was when I went to a, a two-hour seminar in Canary Wharf, um, and I literally went along. I don't know if advert. this is actually a joke or not now. No, for real. <laughs> no. Like, I've seen an advert in the newspaper and thought, oh, you know, property investing, because I thought this was what was going to get me on the housing ladder, so, ladder so I could buy a flat in London, because I thought that's what investing was, right? Yeah. Um, and then when I, I went along, and there was this guy just talking about how he'd sort of built up a portfolio of Milton Keynes from nothing, and I was like, Oh my God. And it was all like, all these light bulbs went off because I had never even thought about property. I didn't think it was possible for me. No experience, had no money to start with. And I was like, and then he just really, really started that thought process. And then I kind of just took the education further. Now I bloody teach it. It's mm-hmm. mad. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think you get so, a few, so many uh, people start doing doing that and um i think you can a lot i think property education gets quite a bad rep but actually if mm. you do it if you do it properly and you find the right person then yeah. it's it's invaluable isn't it exactly yeah, good people yeah. attract good people there's no and there's so many rogues out there in fact we've just recorded something around that and just just before this but um yeah i mean it was just it made sense you know i trusted them they were absolutely fantastic i was really inspired and it solved all of my financial problems as well i was like mm. great let's do it win, win, i think right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're going to see a common thread um, <laughs> in, in the answers here uh, because we may or may not have met on this on said property training uh, a yes. long time ago. <laughs> wow. So, We're so all my, alumni. Alumni. Alumni, <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, my story is very similar. It was um, this time it was a lady. In fact, it was a lady that um, owns that organization and she was doing a presentation at a conference. At the time, I was growing a music school business and the aim was to. Um, you know, get that working. I had lots of personal reasons why I needed cash and cash quick. And uh, my, my thought was I'm going to grow my music school business, going to take on loads of teachers and I'm going to make loads of money. Um, and then very quickly realized that that was probably a, a scale. You know, I've had scaling issues and that would have been a, a bit of a mammoth. Um, but I went to a conference to find out how to grow business, all that kind of stuff. And as well as things like marketing and social media and all of that there was a, a lady talking about property investing as a potential wealth creation. can you stop saying a lady it's really elusive just a say jill fielding jill fielding and she was she's a coming lady. on the podcast this she, yeah exactly so, like, she's <laughs> going to be on the podcast <laughs> a mysterious, <laughs> woman. <laughs> a mysterious woman called jill who uh, watch out for the episode coming up very shortly jill fielding uh spoke about property investing and she's uh, i think probably the got the, the longest history of being an investor in the UK and investing yeah. successfully. Um, but also because she's probably the first one that started um, showing other people how to do it and using mortgages effectively and all this kind of stuff back in the nineties. So, um, uh, you yeah, can get a mortgage just by basically spitting on the bottom of a bit of paper. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's when a mortgage used to be the same as a bounce back loan. Interestingly enough, Jill Fielding also has an excellent head of hair. I'm just inserting that in there. Continue. And, um, so, yeah, so uh, she was talking about property investing, probably said very similar things to what um, your South African friends told you in uh, Canary Wharf, Joe. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> about, Shout um, out to Vince. Whoop, whoop. Vince yeah, uh, leverage. <laughs> Um, and using mortgages to leverage because uh, I knew the property was going to be a really good thing, but I always thought I was going to be a musician first, make loads of money in music, and then invest it into property. Where actually, uh, that was the moment I was like, oh shit, I've been doing the wrong thing for the last 10 years. I should have been doing property first for 10 years, and then I could have done music for 10 years um, <laughs> and not worry about the money with the music. So, um, yeah, that's my realization now is that I'm, I'm catching up. I'm doing 10 years of property, then I might do some 10 years of music. Mm. Um, again, actually, I probably won't start property. I'll just, yeah keep going why would you stop yeah exactly i i get a lot of, I, I speak to a lot of clients and um i always ask them about apart apart from sort of 
what, what made them start thinking about getting into property. Because <clears throat> most clients come to me when they're in transition. So they're either getting into property to start with, or they're going from, you know, standard buy to into HMO, or they're going from, you know, single unit refurbs into ground up developments or stuff like that. And I always ask them, you know, about what, what, are they, what do they actually want to achieve out of it? Um, because I think there's a clear distinction between the likes of a somebody that does it on the side because it might be something that helps build another business so that might be for you matt building up you know your your, your music business um all those that are real like career property people um and i think there's always a for me it's important to make a clear distinction between the two because it actually changes the way that i interact with them ever so slightly because if they don't like property but they're just doing it to get by and doing it to build a portfolio i don't tend to become my usual excitable self when we start talking about property related stuff. I, I, I talk more about whatever else they're, they're, they're into and finding out about their businesses and stuff, which actually is, is, is fascinating. My job is really, really interesting, but it's good to make that distinction, I think, because I think too many people just get into property and think, um, oh, I'm going to make a career out of it. But actually, it's not for everyone. It doesn't mean that it can't be a really good way of you making money. If you, but if you hate it, just outsource everything. You know, totally. I always say that there's two kinds of investor. You've got the one who actually wants to be a property investor and then you want who wants it to facilitate the lifestyle that they choose. Absolutely. And that might be starting a business and sort of thing. <clears throat> Do you know what I've realised that before we now tell his story, you know what you are? You're yeah. a hairdresser. Because hairdressers having these conversations, it's that you're doing, you know, it's all like where you go on a holiday this year, love. Basic. You're doing that's, that. How do you get into back property? Back to hair. Genuinely yeah. facing my, my biggest fear. I, being a hairdresser, I think would be, oh, I can't imagine. You're manifesting what you fear, mate. You're manifesting what you fear. I know, I know. Oh, I, can't, I, I even have to have safety scissors in my uh, kitchen just oh, to have a safe side, you know, you know. I mean that that was a genuine joke. Don't worry, Joe. I do have, I do have man man scissors in my house. Manly, manly scissors, manly scissors. Yeah. They, you know, they make a really crisp sound. You know, they're not they're, they're the man the man scissors. They're the the garden shears, aren't they? Where you can go oh, yeah, and chop a tree scissor. down with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, take your garden steak. Yeah, take your garden shears and you're chopping up onions. Yeah. yeah, that's masculine. That is so masculine. Talking mm -hmm. of masculine, Niall, how did you? What got you? Well, thank you, Joe, for that segue. Thank it's you. <laughs> segue there. Um, well, funny story actually. Um, completely different to these two. I started a training course and uh, it was <laughs> by a lady, but run by a lady called Jill Fielding. Uh, <laughs> so I think for, for me, it was it was um, I changed jobs pretty much every couple of years up until the point that I started investing in property. Um, and I did so many random different things. So I worked on a dairy farm. Uh, I worked, I, I tried to become a distributor for Avon magazines or Avon, whatever. That's, that's news to me. Yeah, I wow. did that. Well, I, I, I did not know that. I did that Still for, it lasted about, it lasted only, it only lasted a couple of days. Don't get too excited. So, <laughs> I was sold on the fact that you know I could could make money on Avon, so I delivered all the, the booklets or yeah booklets to all my neighbours. Only did one street. Um, You're an Avon lady. I'm an Avon lady, and then I was supposed to go back a couple of days later, collect the magazines with all the orders that they had put in, um, and when I went back down this one street that I lived on, by the way. So there was about a dozen houses and not one of them had filled in the order form. And I thought, well, this is not going to work. And I gave up at that point. <laughs> Sounds like that you made was, the correct decision. That was that was my career as an Avon lady. Um, I, I worked in pubs, worked in hotels. Oh my God, I'm howling. 
I worked as a worked as a landscape gardener. Uh, did loads and loads of different things, but no, uh, worked in finance, um, and nothing ever really stuck. So I, every couple of years, I would be looking for the next thing to do because I knew that I didn't want to be uh, I didn't want to be working for anybody else. But I never could figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Um, so then I started the the property training uh, at roughly the same time as these two. Well, around the same time as Matt's, probably a little bit later than Joe. Um, and uh, it was when I quit my day job and I didn't want to quit property. So I stopped working in, in the office um, and I wanted to carry on in property stuff. That's when I realized, oh, actually, this is the first thing that I've ever done that I don't want to stop doing. I'm quite happy mm. to give it another shot. So rather than sticking at it for just a year or two, we've had five, six years down the line and I'm still five, more, five. five years, five years down the line oh. and I'm, I'm looking to continue at it. So that's when I realized property investing was for me. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Do you know what you, you've, you, Joe mentioned earlier on about uh, things bringing memories back. So you, you've just brought a really horrible memory back to me. Of, of, <laughs> yes. uh, early, uh, early, Are you an Avon lady too? <laughs> no, no, but I, it, it's a, it's not a, it's not a dissimilar story to be honest with you. I am. Um, <laughs> so I I um, I got my initial broker training from uh, Foxons Estate Agents uh, and Alexander. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, just before they the train uh, people. Just, yeah, do you know what? And I'll say this, um, I didn't particularly like working there, but the training was insanely brilliant. In oh, terms, good on him. It really is good. Uh, I can never fault them for that. But um, but effectively, I was, I was going through the training and then suddenly it was like, oh, we, we've got this thing called the credit crunch now. Um, so it's going to be really difficult for you to actually do your job. So I decided that I wasn't going to get the promotion that I needed into being able to give full-on face-to-face advice. So I um, went off, did my, finished off my exams, and then literally I walked into um, an estate agent in Barnet, and uh, where, where Barnet. I grew up, and said, um, "Hi, do you have anyone that, that sits in your office and does mortgages?" And they said, "Actually, we've got an IFA downstairs." Um, so I went downstairs and I said, "Hi, I hear you're an IFA. Um, I'm a mortgage broker, and I'd like to do your mortgages. Um, give me fifty percent of everything you do. Give me that desk, and I'll be here every day of the week." And that's what I did. And um, so very ballsy. And that's, that's the Foxman's effect. Makes you very ballsy. Um, and, um, and I struggled really badly because uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And um, I came to a point where I tried everything. And my final, my, after about sort of two months in the job, um, I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around, I'm going to walk around Barnet. And Barnet is the biggest borough in London, by the way. Um, I'm going to walk around as much of Barnet as I possibly can. And I, I printed out letters that had the IFA at the top. And it said, you know, dear homeowner, um, blah, 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 blah. I'm your new neighbourhood mortgage broker. Um, I see, and I only posted them in houses that had a sale sign outside. I see you're selling and you're moving. Um, I'd love to speak to you about your onward mortgage. Give us a shout. And I spent a whole day from six o'clock in the morning to about eight o'clock at night walking around Barnet. It was peeing down with rain. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. Oh, you peeing can say it Go for it, go for it. He was shitting it down with rain. And, yeah. um, and, um, and I just remember finishing off and being so miserable. However, of the 400 letters that I delivered that day, I got one person call me. Um, and I won't say what her name is. Her name was, uh, I remember her name. I can see her in my, fa- in my head, you know, clearly. And she said, yes, I'm, I'm a, I'm, um, I, I don't actually 
I live with my parents and we're moving, but I'm going to buy my own place. Can you help me? And she was my first ever client. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So leaflet oh. dropping, letter dropping does work. Letter dropping does work as long as you're willing to do it for about 12 hours, get absolutely sodding wet um, and uh, pretty much ca catch the flu as a result. Um, One in 400 chance. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. But you know what? Off the back of that, um, she was like, you know, she was my client. She was my only person that I needed to speak oh. to on a daily basis. So I went and visited her. She works at a local council office. Um, and <laughs> I very quickly realised that she could not get a mortgage. There was no chance in hell she was getting a mortgage anytime soon. Um, uh -oh. But I set her out a six-month plan, savings, getting rid of debt, all this kind of stuff. And I spent so much time helping her out that she literally referred me to about 20 people in her council. Oh, there you there. Go. Um, and they were my actual first transactions. And you know what? It was so I was so happy about seven or eight months later when we actually she bought her flat. It was above a bakery. I always remember it was above a bakery, so it's bloody hard to get a mortgage. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we did it. And that was how I got sort of my first probably 20-ish clients, was just off the back of this lovely lady called Helen. Um, so no idea what she's doing now. Um, at some point, we lost contact. Um, Could be my auntie. My auntie is called Helen and lives in Barnet. Um, in a bakery? <laughs> above a bakery? Above no, a bakery. Did, did you work in the council? Above a bakery? No, no and she's probably, by the sound of it, if she's living with her parents when you were brokering doesn't quite add up oh okay yeah, yeah time wise yeah but isn't but, um, that a proper the human side of property i love that story, definitely mm. well, i don't think I, we're gonna have time for episode roulette so should we end on sam's podcast thing yeah well i thought we finished with, we'll start with property jam finish with game of loans yeah so, yeah how, how would you normally finish sam well, I mean, obviously, um, we've all we've all discovered a lot about ourselves um, yes. during during lockdown, and more particularly on this on this podcast episode. I feel we have. Um, but um, but I one thing I've discovered about myself, and I think I've known it for a long, long time, but I it's only really come to the point where I've admitted it um, recently is I'm probably the world's biggest chocoholic. And I, I actually struggle with withdrawal. I didn't eat any chocolate yesterday, and I woke up this morning thinking of chocolate. It's, it's quite it's quite worrying. Um, so yeah, there's, I've got lots of mental health issues. I can't go to the gardens. Have to have to eat chocolate. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in all, I'm in bits. Um, but I I I I I change chocolate that I love from a from a day to day basis. But I'm always keen to know who my guests and on this occasion, you guys, what your favourite chocolate is. Ladies first. Okay, well, I was going to tell you one answer, but actually I've changed it because I'm like you, I'm a bit of a, I don't get wedded to chocolate and it goes where my mood goes. But that's why I like this particular chocolate, which is Revels. And the reason oh. I like Revels is because you never know what you're going to get. And yeah. it's like chocolate roulette. So you go in, I love the little minstrel shaped ones. And then the coffee one, I'm like, literally, I was going to say wanking, I was going to say wanking over it because that's my language. I'll <laughs> literally wank over it, right? But then if I get an orange one, I could literally lob it against a wall. It makes me so angry, but it's worth are they, it. For the good are the orange ones, are they the ones that are quite hard? Like, yeah, the, the so you can tell. Ones? No, so, okay, the caramel ones, you can tell. You can tell the raisin one, because it's quite mm -hmm. oval-shaped. You can tell the Malteser one, because it's the larger one. You can tell, but the orange and the cho the orange and the coffee are exactly the same size, so you can't tell. So it's uh, that is where it's Russian roulette. See, Dangerous I, quite, I like both of those, so I'd be fine. Oh, right. Be fine. Way, much too, way too much time thinking about this, Joe. Yeah, well, it's a well, listen. Oh, to be honest, it sounds like she didn't really need to. That information was just readily available. Her brain knew, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> given, given the option of chocolate, what am I, what am I going for? Boom. Boom. In. 
Done. Yeah. It would have been a dime bar. My other answer would have been a dime bar. Oh, I'm can't have more than one. I like, no, I like sorry, the, new, the new dairy milks that have bits of dime bar in them. They are. Oh, no, my God. The start with caramel Twix that's just come out. Oh, my God. Let's go back to wanking. That'll make you wank. That Haven't, is see, awesome. This is why I asked this question at the end of the podcast, because it gets people so excited. It's great. <laughs> and gives you that's new okay. chocolate ideas. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> right, so that's what it is. This is your fixation. Yeah, yeah. you got a, it's the chocolate fetish which is coming out. It's like, oh, I'm going to go buy. Mm. Mm. Well, actually, I got off. Um, I, I had a guy called Ben Richards on my podcast not so long ago, and we we got into quite a deep discussion about chocolate because we also were discussing the idea of chocolate in the fridge versus in the cupboard in terms. Of oh, what about in the freezer? Storage, not in the freezer. You uh, yes, in the freezer. Yes, oh, in the freezer. Joe, All chocolate me goes in the freezer. Destined to be lifelong friends. <laughs> and ruined it. Mate, freezer um, every time. No way. But we but we we decided that we both it was cupboards for both of us. And um not only did uh so we, we finished off and I put a little story on my Instagram saying just finished off with Ben, it's amazing. And he was like, Yeah, love the chocolate chat. And I literally I I literally finished the podcast. I got in my car, <laughs> I drove to a local <laughs> shop, and because it was a three pound fifty minimum on the card and I didn't have any cash, I was forced to buy four one pound, like different dairy milk flavors and one of them was dime and i actually i like fanned them out and, and took a picture and ben replied with a link to a story which was cadbury's coming out and saying that their chocolate should be consumed at room temperature which is great for me because it meant i was right and i love being told i'm right <laughs> so there you go. i disagree no but you had me right up until that last statement and then you just lost oh, me right it's all end. over it's all over game. It's game of loans over. It's game, oh. game over of loans. Game over of loans. There we go. There we go. Yeah, sorry, sorry along their lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt and now, what are your chocolates? Come on. So uh, the answer for me is just dark. Anything which is dark yes. and, and and devious. Um, so my, my favourite is probably <laughs> devious chocolate. Devious, chocolate. devious not deviant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my favourite is probably green and black, 70%. Yes. Any more than 70%, I think it gets a bit too bitter. Yeah, that, that's when it gets deviant. That's when it gets deviant. <laughs> I really like the new um, dark milk that uh, Cadbury's have brought out. Yeah, what? That no, is, what it's a galaxy, galaxy dark with hazelnut. Mm. Yes. Uh, it's making me a very happy mm. chicken. Yes. Nut, nuts in chocolate are. Oh, yes. Oh, top let's notch. do a high five on that. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Definitely. Well, back in my good books. You're back in my good books. I'm so glad you said that because um, I'm I'm quite limited with my chocolate, and I'm I, I'm I'm sorry, Sam. Don't hit me forever, but I'm not actually a huge fan of chocolate. It's okay, more for me. So, well, exactly. It's all more, all the more for you to have. I'm and, okay with that. And I can't. Uh, I'm I'm vegan, so I'm limited to what I can eat. But the Eat Natural bars, which is dark chocolate in them, mm. are amazing. Okay. Oh, they're um, the ones with dark chocolate and ginger. Dark chocolate and ginger. In, oh, yeah. They are good. Yeah, they are they're good. just, they're very, very good. Very good. Okay. Do you know what? I, we're, we're so fortunate nowadays with the choice of chocolate that we have. Oh, you know, back in the day, it, it, it wasn't really that great. It was, you know, Mars bar, a Twix, you know, maybe a boost if you were lucky. Curly Whirly at Christmas. Curly Whirly oh, at Christmas. Not the biggest yeah. fan of Curly Whirlies, you know. Because it's too it's, it's too hard for me. I like soft soft chocolate. Well, when oh, I was... again, we're going to fall out, Sam, because I like a really hard chocolate, which is why I like the Dime Bar, because you get the oh, crunch no. and the resistance. I do, yeah, I do like that, though. Oh, I'm, this look, is why you stick you... it in the freezer, to make it as hard no. as possible, you see. No, you're showing, showing my right, age here. Guys, 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 I think I'm going to have to call. <laughs> 
this to oh, order now. Oh, granddad. Because, like, like seriously, we're putting it's handy having that stuff in the freezer. It is handy, yeah. You know, we're eating, needs a we're eating life. floppy curly whirlies. Um, Seven so... seconds of property chat on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, we've got seven seconds to go. Um, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there and say uh, it's a goodbye from me. The curly whirly goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a game alone. It's goodbye from me. Yes! <laughs> jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see you on the next episode there you have it mr sam norris back in june 2020 sharing all things mortgages and chocolate bars back then um, and a whole bunch of other stuff besides great episode can't wait to get him back on but i think what it shows us is things were crazy two and a half years ago when we first recorded that and the mortgage world felt it and you know what it's a little bit mad right now so but we're still doing it we're still doing this property thing so looking forward to sam coming on next week tune in for that episode and hear about everything that's going on in the world of mortgages